Couple Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempt from registration requirements. I wish that our stock market were as honest as every casino I go into. The gambling propensity is strong in people to do mathematically unintelligent things. Welcome to Libel on Fire with Libel Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Libel Sternbach is the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel's advice has been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, CNN Business, Investment News, and and Market Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Libel on Fire. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to Libel on Fire. It's a great episode in store for you. I'm Freddie Bell, and I am with Libel Sternbach. He's Amazon's best-selling author of two great books, one, Living with Financial Anxiety, and the other is entitled Authenticity. Libel, hello, and welcome back to our program. Hey, how are you doing today? unbelievable and i'm just really excited that uh, at least right here summer seems to be trying to take hold but uh sometimes it says eh, not so much but i'm grateful that it's trying anyway <laughs> that's all we can hope for right <laughs> indeed indeed and uh, as we talk about the, the weather let's talk about how uh, now is a season for talking about retiring i know a lot of folks are going out right now so what should you do libel uh, with a 401k when you're ready to retire? So when you're ready to retire, um, or honestly, at the point that you separate from your employer, you now have the ability to take control of your 401k. Um, and really, there is only, there, there's only two options open to you. Option number one is keep it with your employer if they let you, right? And you can keep it invested however you want using their website. Uh, usually you have limited control and limited access uh, and you're subject to their whims. Uh, so that's option number one, right? Don't do anything. Option number two is take it over and it, um, the technical term is to roll it over and you can then roll that over into an individual retirement account. Um, and when you roll it over to your individual retirement account, you can now manage it yourself just like you manage your own brokerage account or your own bank account. That's really interesting. So there are some steps that you need to go through when you're ready to retire. You know, it's interesting, Libel. I've heard a lot of people talking about uh, saying that they should spend down their investments first before taking any money out of the retirement accounts, uh, before doing anything about rolling over. Others say the opposite. Uh, where, what side do you come down on, or do you have a completely different perspective? Um, where do I come down on the question of what should you spend down and how you should spend it down? Is that the question? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so the, that is an interesting question. And I'll be honest, like most things when it comes to financial planning, when it comes to, you know, investment advice and 
what you should do. There is the easy answer that if you go out in the media, right, you start Googling, you're going to find the easy answer. Uh, you know, people, you know, shouting from the billboards, you know, uh, from the rooftops, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to, you know, whatever plan of action they want to tell you to do. They're going to say it with, you know, such enthusiasm and such conviction that you're going to believe that you absolutely have to do that and you'd be crazy not to do it any other way. Um, and if you keep looking, you will find every single opinion stated that way. So you will then wonder to yourself, what should you actually do? Um, the truth is, is that the answer to this question varies from person to person. Uh, it really depends on how old you are. It depends how much money you have. It depends how much income you're going to have in retirement. Because the real the real question that that everyone is trying to answer or everyone is trying to solve for is how do I get the most money in retirement and how do I make my money last as long as possible throughout retirement, right? That is what we all want. And the answer to that question is going to vary from person to person of how do we accomplish that. In the real kind of, you know, uh, variable in there is how much money do we have that is taxable income in retirement? And more specifically, how much money do we have that Congress controls how much we have to take in retirement? Um, see, there's this thing called required minimum distributions, which we've talked about repeatedly on the show. Mm -hmm. um, and required minimum distributions or RMDs are is this spigot that Congress has attached to your retirement accounts. They don't let that you just keep your money in there forever. They say when you retire, when you reach an age that they have specified, you need to start taking money out at a rate that they have specified. So when you are looking at your retirement accounts, ideally you want to make sure that the amount of money that you have to take out of your taxable uh, out of your retirement accounts in those those age years where you got to take RMDs, you want to make sure that it is less than the amount that you need in income during retirement. And ideally, you want to try to get that to be as low as possible because that's going to get taxed as the highest tax bracket. So the answer for you is going to be different than your friend, right? Because if you're if you're let's say in the ten percent tax bracket and your friend is going to end up being in the twenty two percent tax bracket because of how much income they need in retirement or because of how much social security they get or because of their pension, then the answer is gonna be different for them than it's gonna be for you. Because for you, you only have a 10% tax penalty or maybe a 0% right tax hit on that income that you're taking. And so you're fine. And let that money grow tax-free. Let it grow without you know worry of buying in and selling and long-term and short-term gains, right? That's the ideal way to invest and not worry about taxes. Um, but for somebody where they're going to have a higher tax rate in retirement, they want to make sure that they're being as tax efficient as possible. Right. So it's, it's important to have all this information in and then make a really study or develop a plan with your financial planner to make sure that you're in the right uh, lane. I'll, I'll just use that, uh, <laughs> that idea. You're in the right lane to make sure that you're having the least exposure to taxes. So everybody, we're talking with Leibel Sternbach. We're talking about what should you do with your, with your 401k when you retire. And there's a question here. What about mortgage payments and other debts? Is there an order in which we should 
handle those uh, two kinds of uh, expenses that we have liable? So um, there are several thoughts on that. Before before we get to that, I do want to finish addressing the question of you know rollovers and taxes. Yes. Uh, so when you take over your four hundred one k accounts. Something you want to keep in mind, right? So first of all, it's super simple to take it over because every bank and every brokerage firm in the world wants you to put their money, your money with them. So they're going to facilitate that transaction and make it as easy as possible. Um, so having said that, don't worry about, you know, what forms you got to fill out. Just tell them you want to give them your money and they'll tell you, they'll fill it out for you. Uh, that's number one. But number two is when you do that transfer, you want to make sure that you do what's called a custodian to custodian transfer. And that means that the 401k company is going to send the money directly to your new bank, not to you, right? You don't want the check to come to you and then you deposit in the new bank because if it's done directly from bank to bank, there's no tax withholdings, there's no potential tax penalties. However, if it comes to you and you get a check and then you deposit that check, there's an opportunity there that if you don't do it within 60 days, that it will be considered 100% of that as taxable income and as a distribution, oh, right? No. Which one that'll you know uh, uh, propel you into the highest tax bracket possible, probably. Uh, so we don't want that. And you're going to now erode your savings, right, by having to pay taxes on it. Um, so in order to kind of like make sure and withhold the taxes and make sure that you don't come up with this tax liability. The IRS requires that when the 401k company sends you a check from your 401k for doing a rollover, that they withhold 20% in taxes. Oh. So you do not want that check made out to you. You want it made out to the bank that you're going to be depositing it in so that you avoid that withholding. You avoid any potential of that rollover getting treated as a distribution and not a rollover. Uh, so we want to make sure that we get that taken care of and done properly. Any financial advisor, any firm that's working with you to do this rollover will probably make sure and be on top of it to make sure it's done right. But just know if you're doing it yourself, you're doing it with an online brokerage firm, you know, let's say you're opening up an account uh, and Robinhood doesn't do it, but you know, some online firm, let's say E-Trade, right? Or TD Ameritrade online, and you're not dealing with a person, make sure that you get them, your 401k sends a check directly to the custodian, the new bank rather than to you. That's such an important point, uh, Libel. And I'm wondering if your website yields4u.com outlines and maybe even has some forms that our listeners can take advantage of. So we don't have forms because every firm, right? Every bank that you're going to be transferring money to has their own forms. Mm -hmm. And then your 401k company, right? Wherever you got that money, they're going to have their own set of forms. And sometimes you'll, they'll say, yeah, we'll accept, you know, your new bank's form. Sometimes they'll want you to fill out something with your 401k company. And every 401k company is different because they're allowed to have their own rules. They're regulated by the Department of, of Labor and they can create what's called, they have to create what's called a plan document that says, uh, or uh, that basically outlines what their rules are for the 401k plan. So. Your friend may do it one way and you may have to do it a completely different way because your plan uh, is administered differently and has different rules under the Department of Labor guidelines. So what you just the, what you need to know is that your right is when you separate from your employer, you have the right to roll over your money to your own traditional IRA account 
or Roth account, uh, a Roth IRA account, uh, depending on how your money is uh, allocated in that 401k. And if you've got a mixture of uh, pre-tax and after-tax money in your 401k, work with an accountant to do that rollover because it can get a little complicated. Very interesting. Libel Sternbach with us today. We're talking about what to do with your 401k when you retire. And so with all these steps, Libel, I'm wondering if I know that I'm going to retire and separate from my company on X date, at what point should we start making these plans and making steps to effect uh, the rollovers and to make sure that we're managing our proceeds properly? You want to start that before you separate. So if you've already talked to your employer and you know, and you're both on friendly terms of when you're going to be retiring sometime before that, probably, you know, like six months before that, you oh. want to start talking to HR. You want to start talking to your 401k provider, find out the information you need to know in order to make it happen because 401ks, they move very, very slowly. HR moves very slowly. The amount of time it's going to take you to figure out what you need to do in order to make it happen, it'll be a lot easier if you're a current employee than a former employee. Libel Sternbach with us. Now, what about the question uh, that I posed earlier before uh, I accidentally cut you off before we fleshed out this particular point? What about paying off your mortgages? What about paying off your debts as you move into retirement? You've already just told us that we should start that planning at least six months before we go out from our company. Yeah. So, so when it comes to debt in retirement in general, right? Debt, and I'm going to debt in general, and then mortgage specifically, we'll talk about. Um, but debt in general, the real question is: is is it help? Is it helping you or is it hurting you? Mm -hmm. um, and then that's the financial aspect. Then there's the emotional aspect, right? Does the debt carry a weight with you? Does it keep you up at night? Is it something that is on your mind and a burden where you worry about, will I be able to pay that off? Will the bank come and take away my home, right? If these are, if these are fears that you have on a regular basis, then there may be value in you not having debt so that you don't have that worry and you can focus on enjoying your retirement, right? Mm -hmm. Because enjoying your retirement and living your life is priceless. And the years that you'll get back in, in longevity of not having that anxiety, right? We know that stress takes years off of your life. So not having that and that longevity, right? That those are, that's priceless. Your health is priceless. So you need to ask yourself that non-financial question of, you know, how much value is it to you to be debt-free? That makes a lot of sense. I got to jump in right here because we're just about out of time. I would just want to remind everyone listening right now that we'll come back with part two but Living with Financial Anxiety is the name of the book by Libel Sternbach. Also, Authenticity. If you like more information, yields4u.com. We're talking about what to do with your 401k when I retire. And we'll be back with more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Libel on Fire. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them on our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free signed copy of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Now, back to Libel on Fire. Hi again, everybody. I'm Freddie Bell, and I'm with the 
Leibel Sternbach. He's a best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and also the book Authenticity. We've been talking about what to do with your 401k when you retire. And Leibel, uh, you were just mentioning that uh, it becomes a personal uh, feeling, so to speak, when you talk about paying off debts in retirement, paying off mortgage in retirement. And uh, if you can reiterate that point, what should we do? Should we pay off the mortgage? Should we pay down the debt? And you said there's a personal feeling or a personal thought about how we handle those kinds of debts in retirement. Yeah. So what, what we're talking about, right, they, at least my view of it, there's with every financial decision in retirement and in life in general, but very much so in retirement, this is out. It has an outsized uh, influence in retirement is we really look, have to look at these questions, every financial question, and we need to ask ourselves, you know, not just what does the dollars and cents say to do, but what do we emotionally need? What do we need from our health perspective, from our, you know, a quality of life perspective, hmm. right? From a financial perspective, you should live on rice and beans because that will give you the most money. But from an emotional perspective, right? From a, this is not what I worked my entire life for, right? It wasn't for living on rice and beans. Um, you want to enjoy these years. So you don't live on rice and beans, right? And you enjoy yourself and you splurge and you go out, uh, you know, to dinner with friends. These are things that are equally important, if not more important. And so when we talk about retirement and we talk about debt in retirement, we need to look at both the financial dollars and cents and doesn't make sense for us, but then we very much need a way and, you know, perhaps even give it a, you know, a greater weight of what can we live with, right? Will this take away from our enjoyment of our retirement? Will this bring us, you know, anxiety and worry? Is this something that keeps us up at night? Will this prevent us from enjoying this time that we have, that we worked so hard for? And if the answer is yes, that this is going to hurt our lives, right? This is going to take away from our enjoyment. It's going to stress us out and take years uh, off of our future, uh, our health, health wise, then you probably don't want to be in debt, right? Or maybe you want to have, you know, a lower amount of debt than what the dollars and cents say you should. Um, having said that, let's talk about the dollars and cents, right? The dollars and cents of debt is that there is good debt and there's bad debt. Um, and, you know, Dave Ramsey is, you know, famous for saying that there's no such thing as good debt because he takes the view for him personally, the view of the emotional consequences of having debt and the decisions that having debt causes for him, that's not worth it, right? So for him, the quality of life is way more important of not having debt. Most people are somewhere in the middle. So dollars and cents of good and bad debt. Good debt, I define as something that helps you achieve your dreams. It's something that doesn't hurt your long-term financial stability. I talk about this. I have an entire chapter on this in, the, in my book, Living with Financial Anxiety and the difference between good and bad debt. There's a good debt, right? You know, you get, uh, you, let's say you got a mortgage a few years ago, really low interest rate. Um, and, the, and the payments, the cost to service that debt is very manageable. It's reasonable. It's something you can fit in your budget. And it's not going to change dramatically over time. Then why not keep it, right? Just treat it as, you know, no different than your cable bill. Right, you pay for cable, and that gives you access to you, you know, all these channels and this entertainment. Same thing with you're paying for your boat or for your condo or for whatever it is. 
as long as it's sustainable and, you know, within reason. Now, bad debt, right? We can look at the same thing and say, well, if we have a, an adjustable rate mortgage or it's a high mortgage, uh, high interest rate, and the payments, right? If we had maybe a smaller property or a smaller debt, or we can pay that off and we would make more money invested in the market than we're paying for interest, you know, let's say your interest rate is 7%. Well, you could probably make, you know, similar or more in the market with that same amount of money. So now you start getting into the question of, well, does it make sense to have this mortgage? Should we be paying the mortgage or not? Is it helping us or hurting us? But I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you. You know the answer to this question, right? Every person I've ever talked to, they know the answer to this question up front. And you generally, when they bring this question up to me and they ask, should I have it or not? The only reason why they're on the fence is because they want someone to tell them, don't make that stupid decision or (laughs) that decision that you're making that you think is right. You know, when you just need someone to tell you, yeah, you were right that this is one of those exceptions that you actually have a really good deal here Mm -hmm. and it's not going to hurt your financial future. But I have, I, I, I can count on one hand the number of people who just consistently make bad financial decisions. They, they do exist, but for the most part, you know, when it comes to things like this, you know whether this is going to help you or hurt you. You also know the non-financial sides of things of like, you know, is this going to help you in the long run or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are self-sabotaging. You know who you are, right? If you're a self-sabotager. Um, and if you are, then you listening to my podcast, isn't going to help you go, go hire a financial advisor who speaks to your heart and can keep you in line because that is the only way you're going to keep from self-sabotaging. Um, everyone else, I mean, you guys, most people know, you know, the right or wrong when it comes to these decisions and make the decision that you can live with. It's interesting how much a personal, uh, your personal life, your your thoughts and your feelings, your emotions play into your financial future. Everybody, we're talking with Libel Sternbach. If you like some information on what we've been covering today, you can go to yieldsforyou.com or also pick up the book, Living with Financial Anxiety. I'm just curious, as we continue this discussion with Libel Sternbach, you mentioned uh, paying off the debts. You mentioned good debts versus bad debt. Maybe I figured out that, okay, I don't have quite the amount of money that I need in retirement liable. So what about making money in retirement? Can I go out and get a job and make a few extra dollars? How does that impact me? And I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. It depends. (laughs) So working in retirement, you can definitely work in retirement. (laughs) Um, There is one time, there's two times where working in retirement can hurt you. And this is something you should keep in mind. If you are taking early social security, so you're taking early benefits, i.e. claiming before your full retirement age, if you're doing that, then your social security check will be reduced or can be reduced um, for if you earn above the threshold. And it's kind of an all or nothing thing, that threshold. So you want to make sure that if you are, if you are counting on that social security check and you're claiming and taking early benefits, that the amount that you're earning in your work doesn't exceed that threshold. Otherwise, you're going to end up probably dipping into your savings more than you intended to, and it would do you more harm than good. 
Mm-hmm. So that's scenario number one. And I do talk about that in my social security maximization guide. I talk about, you know, how to know what that, what those limits are and how that's calculated. So that's number one. Number two, um, for working early that can, you know, working in retirement that can hurt you is if you are, if you are earning income in a way, in a way that increases your taxable income, uh, you know, your tax brackets in a way that can negatively impact you. In retirement, you control your income um, and you control the way that it's paid. So you want to try to get paid and you want to try to earn money, you know, do it as a business, as a consultant. Don't don't do it as a W-2 because that's taxable income. Do it as a 1099 so you can write off expenses and see, you know, net it out. Uh, have them, you know, maybe pay you in January instead of December so that you can control what your taxable income is in that year because in retirement taxes really makes a difference and it's one of the most one of the biggest expenses that you can control so you want to make sure that you don't uh, that you're smart about how you control that uh, expense in retirement Bible Sternbach with us we're talking about your 401k and what you should do with your 401k when you retire. And I just was asking about making money in retirement. So let's go to the other side. Is there a good rule of thumb for how to uh, spend each year in retirement? So when it comes to spending, there are, there are lots of schools of thought of how much money retirement is going to cost. The, I'm going to give you some of the rules of thumb. I, I don't subscribe to any of them. Um, I believe that all nothing is a substitute for actually creating a budget and then being flexible with yourself. Um, the schools of thought out there, and I use this when I help people plan for retirement. I use these rules of thumb because they're easy rules of thumb to be able to tell you I've got a green light to retire or, you know, I've got to look at things harder. Um, but that's all they are, are, you know, can I do, do I have something to work with or should I be, you know, do, or do I need to do more work? So the rules of thumb, biggest rule of thumb is the 4% rule. I do the 4% rule do not, it, it, it is not a live and die rule. Um, but it is something that is a good estimation of, do I have enough money to retire? And the 4% rule simply states that if I took 4% of my retirement savings each year, in theory, I would have enough money to retire. I'm not going to go into the details of what that 4% rule actually says, but I'm going to use it in that context. So 4% is a sustainable amount that you can take out of your portfolio each year, in theory. What this translates to is that it gives you 25 years of retirement savings until your money is depleted, right? Now, if your money can last for 25 years without growing at all, right? That's essentially what, you know, 100 divided by four, right? 25. Right. Um, so you got 25, 25 years. 25 years gives you, you know, it gives you the ability to say, yes, I can probably sustain this. This is a good idea. This is a starting point where I can now work on, okay, how do I make it so that, my money is growing faster than 4% a year. How do I keep my expenses under 4% so that I'm not taking out that full 4%? If you look at that and that number isn't enough to cover your expenses, then you've got to really either look at what your expenses are or look at your your 
uh, portfolio and say, I need more of this or less of the expenses. Um, but it is a good rule of thumb. Another rule of thumb that I've heard, I don't like it so much, is doing things like, you know, saying that your expenses in retirement are going to be the same or saying it's going to be 80%. I, I honestly think that those are garbage. Um, the first few years of retirement, your expenses, I think, are actually going to be greater. Mm -hmm. uh, the pandemic really taught this, uh, taught everyone this one, um, that when we stay home from work, right, our expenses go up. And the most interesting thing, expense that went up was like toilet paper, right? right. Um, toilet paper, electricity, you're, you, you don't realize how much of these little resources you use up at work that now you are going to have to pay for at home. Um, so your costs are probably going to increase, not decrease uh, in retirement. So it's something to keep in mind. I would really keep a budget first few years, be a little flexible with it and find a nice point that works for you, you're, you're also going to be doing something with all this time that you used to be working, right? You're going to pick up hobbies. You're going to do activities. You're going to want to travel. That costs money. There are ways to do it for free. There's ways to do it for low cost, but it's, these are, these are things that you weren't doing before. Makes and then sense. we got to leave it right there. But if you like more information, yields4u.com. And what is the, uh, the guy that you have, Social Security and Retirement Libel? Yeah, so we got the uh, five-minute Social Security Maximization Guide, and then we also got five questions to ask before you retire that goes through each of these points. Libel on Fire, I'm Freddie Bell, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks for being with us. That's all the time we have for this episode of Libel on Fire, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them in our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free copy of Libel's books, Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Thanks for listening. Koppel Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. All investment strategies can result in profit or loss. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as any offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.